special session of Tech Bites, we're talking with Sarah Herony. She's the captain of the Olympic gold medal winning Black Ferns. And the interview in this session is taken by Katie Mitchell and Zoe Udi. I hope you enjoy. Well, kia ora, everybody. Um, welcome to this special session of Tech Bites. I'm Craig Young. I'm the CEO of Two Ants. Um, and I'd just like to introduce uh, uh, the people that are going to do most of the talking this morning. Zoe, who's from our Wellington uh, Flint team, and Katie from Christchurch. And of course, I probably don't need to introduce Sarah Herini, but I will. I'll say a few words about her. Uh, Sarah is the captain of the incredibly successful Black Fern Sevens, who are world champions and now Olympic gold medalists. She is the first female player to bring up 200 games on the World Series and was a member of the 2017-15s World Cup champions as well. Um, outside of rugby, she's a New Zealand Order of Merit winner in 2019. And um, I thought this was the coolest one. She's the first um, Wahi Māori to be awarded the prestigious Tom French Memorial Māori Player of the Year, which is an amazing award. And she comes from my home area as well. So I'm from Palmerston North. Uh, I don't <laughs> tell many people that, but I am from the Manawa too. So look, Sarah, I know your time's precious. Let's get right into it. Um, would you mind, if you, not really that you need to, but a little bit about yourself how, and, and how you made the decision to take on leadership in such a high-profile team? Yeah, kia ora everyone. Um, it's good to be able to speak to you guys today. I um, obviously grew up in a really small rural town of um, Convolton in the Manawatu and so like was, wasn't was around too many people until I went to boarding school and then I suppose at boarding school met a lot of other students, met people who were um, like teachers who were pretty keen on um, people at the boarding school to go places and so we were um, we were lucky enough to be around people who pushed us to um, make goals wanting to achieve goals and I think there's where I learned almost how to be a leader how to um, understand other people around you and help pay dividends in, in our team at the moment so like I don't think I ever really wanted to be a leader I think it kind of just happened and then um, have been having to learn about myself and um, other people ever since. Cool. I guess that's me then, isn't it? Cool. <laughs> so Tokyo is amazing. Um, it was great to watch you um, sitting at home, um, but it wasn't just something that happened overnight. So what was something that you changed from Rio to Tokyo? Um, what do you think you changed personally to kind of get you guys from silver to gold? Yeah, there were a lot of things and um, a lot of team things that we changed, but I think individually, like I had to become um, or find who I was as a leader. And that was a really difficult process um, being in Tokyo, oh, sorry, in Rio, I was 23, um, so really, really young still. And then having to learn and adapt to all the different um, personalities, ages, um, like rugby abilities in our team and I think that's been like a really cool process and I've found that um, asking for help asking um, the other my other peers and players in the team for that help but then also to get to know them as people and it's been a really cool five-year journey um, to Tokyo but I think being able to just get to know um, yeah, the players in, in my team, having good relationships, understanding like where they come from, the, uh, their family backgrounds, getting to know their families, it's, it's helped with my leadership. Um, and then I think on top of that too is really knowing myself as a rugby player and doing everything that I can. So when I turn up every day, like I 
know that I've done everything so then I can actually give time to other people um so that's been yeah a couple of learnings I've had from from Rio and have taken into Tokyo and I think it's um worked pretty well cool I guess that's what creates a sisterhood right <laughs> cool. yeah and everyone wants to to wants to get to know you like it's easier to say we've got a good culture and we're really close but like that's a genuine thing for us and we do connections we've got um like everyone's pretty much got like a special handshake with each other management as well and that's why our team's really connected is because you take the time to actually be present with them cool thank you um, and when I guess times are tough and you know you yourself might be feeling down and you see that your teammates are also feeling down how do you as a leader not only kind of lift yourself out of that but also the people around you yeah that's um that happens quite often in a in a, an environment like we've got um obviously there's always selection there's there's different pressures from different people and I think that's really hard when you're in an environment that you really care about each other but there's performance as well and um and like for me like I'm lucky I've got a really good support system so I have a couple of really good friends my husband um, my sister and my parents who have helped me be that release so I can work on myself outside of the rugby environment and being able to lean on a couple of different people um, means that when I turn up then I'm fully present and I can be um, myself and uh, it's easy like I can be vulnerable in front of the girls in front of the management team because they've allowed this space to do that um, and then it also means that I can then help others who are sometimes struggling who who need help with stuff on the field or off the field um, and it just gives us a, like a really cool um, I suppose yeah environment I suppose you'd call it to for people to like like we don't have to be on all the time and people can have down days and I think that's really important and it's like it can be talked about in a positive way like yeah it's that's probably the the coolest thing about our team cool thank you on to me sorry screwed up the transition there Sarah I was getting distracted about like thinking about how that kind of applied to myself and one of my questions later on is about well-being but for now um, we heard in your interview, your post-game interview, about kind of how the team is empowered by the coaches and, and everyone in the team. But is there something in there that you could share with young women? I mean, we've got a tech focus in our group. So a lot of young women coming up in tech perhaps don't feel as empowered as individuals not having that sisterhood behind them. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, oh, sorry. Um like and I suppose that's like there's been a lot of challenges with that like it's not easy and it takes time and we're constantly learning different um, things and especially about feeling empowered yourself and, and in a, a sport like a typical stereotypical male sport um, we're constantly getting that from um, in, a, in a negative way as well from social media from the public from the me um, from different kind of aspects but I think like in our team, we've got like a vision and for us, it was about leaving mana. And so it, for us, it doesn't matter that uh, we're a male or a female. We just do something that we really are passionate about and really love. And so I think if we were all on the same page with that, we've got a vision of leaving mana, then we've all got like a shared purpose and it all means something different to, to each of us. And that's okay too, because for me, it means that 
I can then influence um, young, my, the younger generation to want to do something that they're passionate about and it doesn't have to then become a rugby player or a professional athlete or an Olympian. Like they might be really passionate about drawing and if I've encouraged them to do that, then like I know that I'm doing something really good and I might not ever hear about that story, but it's really cool that that child has chosen to do that because of something they've seen us do. So I think um, for us, like as individuals, we've had to really find why we turn up every day. And then in turn, we like, then we talk about that. We talk about why we're here. And if I know someone else's why and they um, are doing something that doesn't align to that, then we can keep each other accountable that way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads into my next question. So in um, the tech industry, Wahine are kind of less represented. Wahine are less likely to kind of, go into technology as an industry um, and apply for roles as well. Um, but not only Wahine, but Wahine um, that are kind of from the Māori and Pacifica groups. Um, do you have kind of any advice on, again, you know, you've just spoken about how, you know, it's a men's sport, you know, it's typically seen as um, a kind of male-dominated industry. So do you have kind of any advice on how to encourage Wahine to kind of, you know, get into the technology industry? Yeah, like, it's funny, since I was a kid, I was a pretty stubborn person. Um, but I've been, and I think of the things that I like doing. So as a kid, I was, um, I know how to sheep share, like I did competition sheep sharing, which is kind of weird. But um, so similar, like a male dominant industry, uh, rugby, like I'm trying to become a pilot, obviously very similar kind of industry. So I don't know, for me, like I've always been in the sense of, if I love it and have a passion for it, then just go and do it. And I know that might sound really like, you're like, yep, that's really easy to say. But like, that's what I'm probably trying to get across is that like, if you have a passion for it, just go and do it. Like, it doesn't matter if you're going to be the first female or the first Māori. It means that you being the first means that someone else will come in and help you out. And like, that's a really cool space to be in. And I think, us as females tend to sit back and um, and think, oh, maybe I'll just leave it for someone else or maybe I'm not that qualified, but I guarantee you, you're probably a hundred times more qualified than a male that will go for it. And I talk about this with my husband a lot. He's obviously really supportive of what I do. He will go for a job that he's not even qualified for and actually get because he's really confident in himself. And I'm probably the complete opposite. But if it is someone something that I'm really passionate about, then I'm like, you just got to go all in and it will be scary and you will probably sweat a lot and be really nervous, but it will work out. Like I promise you that. So as long as you're fully committed to just going and doing it, then yeah, it'll be awesome. And then I guarantee you more people will come and be like, I went and did this because you've done that. So yeah, I think it's a really cool space for, for, the, um, for any person or any female wanting to do something that, and any male going into a female-dominated industry as well. Oh, thank you. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm loving. We've got another question about well-being, um, and in terms of a, as being the leader, how you kind of look after yourself first. I guess what I'm hearing so far is it's the same way you look after your team. You're all kind of there for each other. But is there anything specific that that you like to do for yourself? Yeah, heaps of stuff. I put a lot of emphasis in 
um, to be honest, happy to spend a lot of money on my preparation and recovery. And um, that's a that's a massive part. Like I went through, there was um, like, I was going to be like five months ago, I lost my mum and that was absolutely devastating for me. And, but I knew that I wanted to come back into our environment and I knew that they would support whatever decision I made. They helped me out a lot. But for me, I had to take the time to actually look after myself and I made decisions like very selfishly to make sure that I was then when I came in I could be the leader that they needed Um, and I think being a leader is really difficult at times because you're expected to be on all the time you're expected to um, know everything that's going on make accurate decisions and pretty much not make mistakes and like I've obviously made mistakes and it's been okay but so like I'm really diligent on being selfish with my time, um, being selfish with when I'm at home, that I'm at home with my husband and, and our dog, um, that like I, yeah, set myself up so then I can, yeah, be where I am exactly like 100%. Um, have I got that right? I don't know. Sometimes I get it wrong. That's okay too. But yeah, for me, my well-being is the most important thing. So then I can be and give as much as I can when I'm with others as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. Looking after yourself so you're in the best position to look after others. And yeah, and I watch, yeah, and I watch like my family are pretty hard workers, like they're farmers, and I've watched them not look after themselves. Mm-hmm. And I see like I watch my sister, she's a full-time accountant, has two kids under three um she's the captain of a rugby team at the moment so like I see her juggling everything and a lot of the time she doesn't take time to herself and then I see her get like niggles and stuff like that and like I'm just that constant reminder of her like you need to take time to yourself when you do that like you'll actually be a lot happier and your body will probably really like love you for it so and I am lucky like my passion is my job so I've got a lot of time to be able to do that than not many people do so but it is important and and I probably probably on that like I've tended to get up a little bit earlier to to make time for that so me and my dog go down to the beach every single morning um and it's just me and him and now with my mum passing like that's my time to talk to her out loud um get in the water if it's uh, not too bad weather and yeah so just making time to be able to have that no that's brilliant thank you so much for your advice and and for sharing with us is there any um I guess a technology question throwing it in there um any of the tech that you use to kind of support that well-being journey or as your kind of high-performing team any cool tech that you guys are using with your coaches to monitor your performance improve your performance yeah we use a lot um and it's really important for for us like well even I don't know if this counts for tech, but just having a phone and FaceTime for whenever we travel, that is huge. Headphones for when you don't want to talk to people. Um, <laughs> massive as well. But um, well, for our rug, like for our team, we've got um, like a GPS system that our trainer uses and that's used every single day. So we're monitored. And it's not like them trying to keep tabs on what we're up to. It's more so then that we can be safe. Um, they monitor K's, high-speed running nets, um, impacts. And so every single training is you're wearing a GPS, they monitor data, and then they can slowly see trends on how we're tracking. 
um, like the data is awesome and sometimes it's used, well, not used for selection, but it, you can compare between other people in your position. Uh, we also use um, like um, video analysis. So we've got like drone cameras, laptops, iPads, just so we can constantly be on watching other teams, watching ourselves, uh, watching our trainings. Like for us, tech is huge. And I think a really massive part of why we were good at the Olympics because we were able to do so much analysis, keep in touch with friends and family. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And then we're seeing a lot of your teammates uh, embracing TikTok in quarantine. Are we going to see you, see you on TikTok or any uh, post-Olympics commentary? Oh, that, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no nah, um, yeah, nah, not, not a dancer. It, yes, yeah, it's funny you say that. The, our team are awesome at it, like so, so good. And I think if I get on board, they'll bring the quality of the TikToks down. So maybe if, if, if it's a team call, I'm 100% in. But if I can avoid it for as long as possible, then I'm, I'm going to avoid it. They're way too good for me. They're, they're great. Well, we'll keep following all of them. Um, I'll pass, pass to Katie now. Thanks so much, Sarah. No worries. Awesome. Oh, so my last question. Um, so with the kind of um, the focus of what we do at Flint, we do kind of look at that future of workspace quite a lot. Um, you know, what will be automated, what won't be, um, and kind of where our roles kind of look in 5, 10, 15 years. Um, so I guess for you and your role, and obviously it's your passion, um, where do you kind of see your career going in the next kind of like 5, 10, 15 years? Yeah, that's a cool question. Um, I think like um, there's going to be so many more professional rugby players in New Zealand, women rugby players, sorry. And like I think the exposure of our our teams in New Zealand and around the world is going to get like massive. And I think the change from when I first started in 2012 to post Olympics 2016 to pretty much like post uh, Rugby World Cup 2017. And then like more, the more pinnacle events, the more times it's been shown on TV, the more people follow you. And then I think the Olympics again has just like absolutely blown up. So I think there's going to be a lot of women rugby players who are household names in the next 15 years. And that's super, super exciting. I think um, the amount of young girls who want to play rugby is going to just skyrocket over the next 10 years. Um, and I reckon our game's going to completely change because of that, because young girls will start earlier. They will um, like be already world-class by the time they get to the program because they've just left school. So uh, I'm really excited with what our game's going to be like in the next few years and hope I'm still a, still involved somehow and um, obviously not a player in 10 years, but um, maybe as a management or support staff for them. Cool. Thank you. Alrighty, well, I think that's the last of our questions, is it not? You too? Is there anything else you want to ask Sarah while we've got her on the line? No? Alrighty. Hey, Sarah, we're just so thankful for you giving us your time. And um, I mean, there's some great lessons in there um, through life and just in leadership and developing one's career. Um, just amazing stuff. And like, yeah, I absolutely agree with that comment at the end about watching rugby, et cetera. I mean, um, look at me i mean i'm i'm the completely wrong demographic i'm old and white and a guy and i'm watching women's rugby now 
um, Sunday I watched the women's rugby rather than the men's. So, you know, it's been great. So um, thank you so much, Sarah. No, all good. No worries, Sam. I hope you um, yeah, took a few things out of it that you can use. Yeah, thanks. All righty. Uh, Mati wa. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, team. See you later. Thank you. Yeah. See you guys.